What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the exposit story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com, that's patreon.com forward slash baldhead bible, and there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. Hilkiah rolled out the papyrus, feeling it crinkle beneath his fingers. He ran his finger along the words, reading, and then he paused. He had found this old scroll way back in the treasury of the temple and thought it might have been some record of what was kept here or or an accounting of the items held in the temple. But it wasn't. He caught his breath, and, and his heart skipped a beat when he read the words, Covenant, and the words, Y-H-W-H, Yahweh. This wasn't a listing of the material in some storage shed, no. These were the very words of God. He picked the scroll up and held it with his hands very carefully. He pressed it against his chest, and I bet he started to cry. This was part of the Pentateuch. The words God had given to his people through Moses and other writers. Now, we don't know exactly which book of the Old Testament that Hilkiah found. Many scholars believe it was parts of Deuteronomy or Exodus 21 and the chapters following. Some people believe he may have discovered the whole Pentateuch from Genesis through Deuteronomy. Either way, this was Scripture, the Bible, Parts of the Old Testament that had been lost during the wicked reigns of Manasseh and Ammon were now found. Manasseh and Ammon had probably hunted down every copy of the Pentateuch and burned them and thrown them away as they instituted worship of pagan deities in Israel. And so, the words of God, the scripture written by Yahweh through the writings and pen of Moses and others that helped him write it, We're lost. Think about it. No one had the privilege to read scripture for over 55 years during the reign of Manasseh, at least. No one in the kingdom of Judah had had the privilege to read scripture for that long. And think about how long the words of God had not been read in northern Israel, probably since the evil reign of Ahab. But here, 
was a copy. Here was one of those precious scrolls, still here and ready to be read. So Hilkiah gave the scroll to Shaphan, the court secretary, who ran it back to King Josiah. Now, I can imagine Shaphan, you know, he asks for an audience with the king, who invites him in. Then he said, King, I have great news, wonderful news. What is it, wonders Josiah. And then Shaphan shows him the scroll of part of the Pentateuch, or a part of Deuteronomy or Exodus. And then Shaphan begins to read. If it was part of Deuteronomy, Josiah would have heard the blessings of God promised to his people if they keep the covenant. He might have read Deuteronomy 28, which says, Now, if you faithfully obey the Lord your God and are careful to follow all his commands I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will put you far above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come and overtake you because you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. Your offspring will be blessed and your land's produce and the offspring of your livestock, including the young of your herds and the newborn of your flocks. Your basket and kneading bowl will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. Deuteronomy 28 verses 1 through 6. What a wonderful blessing to hear. But we know Josiah heard curses. Why? Because when he heard the reading of the law, the Bible says he tore his clothes. He was that upset. So he must have heard the curses of God that would come if they broke the covenant. Deuteronomy 28 again. But if you do not obey the Lord your God by carefully following all his commands and statutes I'm giving you today, all these curses will come and overtake you. You will be cursed in the city and cursed in the country. Your basket and kneading bowl will be cursed. Your offspring will be cursed and your land's produce. The young of your herds and the newborn of your flocks, you will be cursed when you come in and cursed when you go out. The Lord will send against you curses, confusion, and rebuke in everything you do until you are destroyed and quickly perish because of the wickedness of your actions in abandoning me. Deuteronomy 28, 15 through 20. And when Josiah heard these curses and the blessings, if they obeyed, but then the curses, if they didn't obey, Josiah knew they hadn't obeyed. He tore his clothes and he cried out for mercy. I think Josiah was genuinely afraid of the judgment of God to come because he knew how far away the people were from covenant blessing and they were doomed because of their disobedience. So Josiah, having a heart for the things of God and his deep sorrow, he calls for help. He did not know what to do when faced with the knowledge of the curses about to befall his people. So he sought some wisdom and he sought a prophet. In fact, he sought a seer. Now, he could have sought out Nahum, who was a contemporary prophet, or the prophet Zephaniah. But instead, he sought the wisdom and knowledge of a prophetess, the seer Huldah. Now, I'll admit, Huldah is not the most romantic of names. Huldah. Huldah. 
But boy, was she a powerful prophet. And so Shaphan and Hilkiah and a bunch of other court officials went to Huldah and told her about the whole situation and asked her to seek Yahweh and to tell them what she saw and what the word of the Lord was to Josiah and them. So I can imagine Huldah prays. She goes off to seek the Lord's face. And then God reveals to her some sad, but also some hopeful news. Huldah comes back and says, Because of the sins of the people and the sins of the kings of Judah, the wrath of God was coming, and it could not be stopped. 2 Kings 22 verse 17 says, Huldah says, Because they have abandoned me and burned incense to other gods in order to anger me with all the work of their hands, my wrath will be kindled against this place and it will not be quenched. That's sad news. Judah is going to be crushed. And the people of Judah are going to be removed from the land. But, and here is the good news, Because Josiah humbled himself before the Lord, because he repented of the evil his people and forebears had done, God said the evil to befall Judah would not occur in his lifetime, but after he had died. Yes, bad things are coming, but because you did the right thing, you will not have to suffer, Josiah. I don't know how that made the court officials feel. Did that include them or just Josiah? You know, sadly, it is a truth that the righteous do suffer along with the unrighteous when God judges a nation for its unrighteous acts. The righteous people in Judah were trying to do right, and there were many, but the thrust of the nation had been towards unrighteousness year after year. But I know the righteous are seen by God. And the Bible promises to love and show mercy to those who seek him and those who obey his commands. God takes care of those who truly put their believing loyalty in him. Just do right. Obey God. And let your sovereign Lord take care of the details. While Josiah is told of the prophecy and the coming judgment, And so he calls all of Judah and the elders and the judges to come to Jerusalem and to come to the temple. And there, by a pillar in the temple, the scroll is read out loud once again. And there, by that same pillar, Josiah renews the covenant with Yahweh. It says in 2 Kings 23, verse 3, that the king stood by the pillar and made a covenant in the Lord's presence to follow the Lord and to keep his commands, his decrees, and his statutes with all his heart and with all his soul in order to carry out the words of this covenant that were written in this book. All the people agreed to the covenant. Yeah! And then Josiah celebrated. And you know how Josiah celebrated? He celebrated by keeping and doing the Passover. I mean, what better way to show that you are serious to obey than to keep the Passover? See, the Jews were required to keep the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which included the celebration of the Passover. And when Josiah celebrated the Passover, boy, was this a celebration. It went on for seven days. And the Bible says of this celebration of the Passover... 
Nothing had compared to it since the days of the prophet Samuel. I mean, this was amazing. Here are some things they did. They sacrificed 30,000 sheep and 3,000 cattle. The chief priests gave their fellow priests 2,600 sheep and goats to slaughter and, and 300 cattle. And then other priests gave 5,000 Passover offerings and another 500 cattle. And then the, the blood, just think about it, must have flowed off the slaughtering tables. And, and then they took this blood and they sprinkled it on the great altar. And then the burnt offerings they used. And then the Passover sacrifices were roasted and boiled. And man, they celebrated and thanked and remembered God leading the people out of Egypt under Moses. And it was a wonderful time of repentance and celebration of the worship of the Lord. Woo! The covenant was removed. The Passover restored. God was glorified. And Josiah? He was 26 when all of this happened, and he was flying high. Yes, the judgment of God was coming, but think of all the reforms. I wonder if Josiah is thinking of all the reforms and, and the good that I could do moving forward with the time I have left. But sadly, Josiah, he didn't have that much time left. God's ways are mysterious, and you wonder why he did not give Josiah more time. Maybe he would have, except for Josiah's bad decision. I mean, Josiah was warned. He was told to back off. But it was by a pagan king. He doesn't know Yahweh, and I don't blame Josiah for not listening. Or maybe this was all sovereignly orchestrated by a loving God, knowing judgment was coming, and that it was time for Josiah to go. See, the Egyptian pharaoh, Necho, he was moving northwest. He wanted to go to a place called Carchemish to go to battle against the Babylonians who were rising in power. And he wanted to fight the Assyrians. Well, to get to this place called Carchemish, he had to go through Palestine and parts of Israel. And so Josiah decided to meet him and to slow Egyptian pharaoh Necho down at a place called Megiddo. Later on, that's where the Battle of Armageddon is going to take place. See, again, but, but this is around the year 609 BC and Assyria had started to become weak and Babylon had started to rise in power. And so the Babylonians had decided to advance against the Assyrians and they met him at this place called Carchemish on the upper Euphrates River. Well, the Babylonians are about to fight the Assyrians and like I said, here comes Necho to fight with Egypt, with the Assyrians against the Babylonians. But Josiah, he seems to be on the side of the Babylonians. I think he's tired of Assyrian rule. They dragged northern Israel away. And what he doesn't know is the Babylonians aren't going to be too nice to the people of Judah either. But at this point, Josiah's like, no, I want to be on the side of the Babylonians. And so he goes to meet Necho at Megiddo to slow him down and maybe to wipe his force out so he can't help the Assyrians to fight the Babylonians. Well, on his way, Necho, this Egyptian pharaoh, he tells Josiah, back off or you're going to get killed. 
And Nico says that he had received instructions from the Lord God to do this. That's what he told Josiah. But Josiah didn't listen. Instead, he says, we got to go fight him. We got to go stop this. And then he adopts a strategy that the evil King Ahab adopted, which was to pretend to be a rank-and-file soldier and to hide amongst the soldiers and to not lead him out in the battle. Well, guess what happened to Ahab? He died. It didn't work too well for him. I wonder if Josiah should have thought, you know what, if it didn't work well for him, maybe it wouldn't work well for me. Well, he goes to meet him in this battle, and in the middle of this battle, he gets severely wounded. And they drag Josiah back to Jerusalem where he dies. This is a great tragedy. And this is a great loss for Judah. And it says the prophet Jeremiah made a lament, a sorrowful poem or a sorrowful song, lamenting the fact that the great King Josiah had died. And so Josiah was buried. You know, at the end of the day, the take-home message is this. What made Josiah great? The Bible's clear. It was one thing. Josiah trusted God, and he obeyed. Josiah put his believing loyalty in Yahweh and he obeyed completely, not half-heartedly. He followed God with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his strength. That is what made Josiah great. And I pray that that will be said of me. And if anybody's going to say, hey, you're great. I hope it's because they see my Savior, Jesus. And they say he had a heart completely devoted to him. And he loved Jesus and did his best to serve him every day. Let's start to live like Josiah's. In whatever walk of life God has called us to, let's model a heart and a devotion like Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.